don't know about you, but my thought was, can we just start early with the Sunday night of worship? (laughs) We're in a series in Joshua entitled Courageous Faith. And what we've been talking about is is we, I assume that that you're like me in this respect, is that I I read about these, these men in the Bible, particularly Old Testament and and I just see the things that God calls them to do, and they just do it. And, and it amazes me many times. And I, I think, man, I, I want faith like that. I, I want the faith. Men, think about this. God says to you, I want you to, to go, and when you get there, I'll tell you where you are, right? You, you, just, you just pack up your family and everything and go. When you get there, I'll let you know. And then go home and tell your wife. <laughs> Honey, we're moving. Where are we going? I don't know. Which direction? That way. How do you know when we get there? God will let us know. I mean, that, that's faith. And, and what we've talked about is, is these guys just didn't just get the faith dumped on them. They, they grew in their faith with God over time. And, and that's the way it works for us too. And, and so now we're, we're into to Joshua. They've entered the, the promised land. They, they went through an amazing war campaign and, and swept through all, all the, the big major cities and, and, and there's still yet work to be done. And, and we kind of come through this little break uh, right here in, in, in the warring. And, and, and in, in Joshua chapter, I wrote 13 down. Um, that, that's not right. It's Joshua 14. We get to, to a place where we see a guy that we haven't seen in a while. Haven't heard anything about him for, for a good while, about, about 43 years now. You ever have a friend that you were really, really close friends with and, and you move away or they move away and you get separated and you just haven't heard from them in a while and then you hear from them? Has that ever happened with you? What's really cool is, is when, you, when you get to pick up with your friendship right where you left off. Um, I have some friends that, that are like that and, and don't see them for a long time, but then when you do, you realize, man, it's been been 14 years and and yet it's like you just picked right up where you left off there wasn't any time uh, in between well this is a guy that, that we heard about in the beginning you know right after n- not that beginning but the beginning of our story um right after moses leads the children of israel out of slavery in egypt and god does all of these amazing things and and time after time after time and i don't know if you've ever studied that in in exodus that, that God is actually proving himself victorious over every single one of the gods of the Egyptians. It's amazing. The plagues are, are just really cool to look at. And, and, and even Pharaoh himself. And, and then they, they get to the promised land and, and they send the spies in. You remember that? They send the 12 in, Joshua and his buddy Caleb. If I ever had two sons, I think it would be cool to name them Joshua and Caleb. Do you know the names of the other 10 spies? me neither <laughs> because they came back and 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 they, they said oh my goodness these people are giants i mean you know they, they had to they, they got the the grapes and a bunch of grapes they had to stick a big pole through and two guys are carrying the you know the, this group of grapes and and the grapes are this big can you imagine a people to eat these you know and and because of their report the heart melted in the hearts of children of Israel, they, they said, there's no way. And then you've got these two guys, Joshua and Caleb, who came back and said, man, you should see these grapes. 
You, you should see that this land flows with milk and honey. This is the promised land. This is the land that God has given into our hands. Let's go. Let's go get it. And because of the report of the ten, the, the people didn't go. And they wandered for 40 years. A whole generation dies off, except Joshua, Caleb, and Moses. And so now we, we see the, the return of Caleb. Uh, read with me, if you would, uh, chapter 14. And, and really, the, the first, first five verses in here is talking about, this is when they begin to divide up the land as inheritances. And I love this, just this little snapshot that we have from Caleb, verse 6. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and the Kenzanite said to him, I really did practice this earlier. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, and Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart but my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt yet i wholly followed the lord my god and moses swore on that day saying surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever because you have wholly followed the lord my god and now behold the lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I want to be able to say this. I am 85 years old and I am as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Don't you wish? (laughs) My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and for coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord has spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there. That's the big giants with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out. This guy is 85 years old. And he's going in to take the land of the giants. And he said, I will drive them out for the lord is with me or just as the lord said then joshua blessed him and he gave hebron to caleb the son of jephunneh for an inheritance therefore hebron became the inheritance of caleb the son of jephunneh the kenzanite to this day because he wholly followed the lord that's the third time it says this the god of israel now the name of hebron horribly i I really worked on this one but i'm going to butcher it kareth arba Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, and the land had rest from war. I know there's a lot of historical significance here. There's a lot of geography that we could spend some time on, and and maybe sometime we'll, we'll walk through that in a Bible study. But as I read this chapter, I kept coming back to that one phrase, Now, we haven't heard anything from Caleb. Now, we've heard about Joshua, and God used Joshua to lead the children of Israel. But what a testimony. Three times. God says this about him. Moses says this about him. And Joshua says this about him. That Caleb wholly followed the Lord. 
Now, I don't know if you get morbid like I do occasionally. You ever thought about what you want on your tombstone? I'm not talking about the pizza tombstone, but you ever thought about what you want on your tombstone? What, what little one sentence would you want to describe your life? I mean, I've thought about it. You remember Enoch? He walked with God and then he was no more. Moses, the friend of God. I would love for my life to be such that someone could put, he wholly followed the Lord. What an amazing testimony. And you think about that, and and we know he couldn't have been perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. And yet his life demonstrated his walk so well, or, or, or his walk demonstrated his relationship with God so well that what it was said of him was that he wholly followed the Lord. I looked at this because I, I wanted to make sure that I was getting it right. That word holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, means to the full. So it means following fully, that, that he followed God fully through this. And, and I began to think, How can we, what, what can we do? How do we, how do we wholly follow the Lord? What, what is it we can do in our lives to, to, to start down this path where we can say, and people can say of us, that we wholly followed the Lord? Now, that's probably easier in a big city, I think, where people don't see you as much. Would you agree? It's easier when you're with someone for a little bit and they don't get to see you a whole lot. It might be a little bit harder in Cloudcroft when you bump into them at Allsup's and at the bank and over at the, that. So the other day, boy, I almost hate to confess this, um, but but we don't have any law enforcement here today right now, I think, unless you're undercover and you didn't tell me. But I, I was I was talking with some people from our church and, and uh, just walked out and, hey, what are you up to? And they said, oh, we're... We're here to get our, our son's license. And I'm like, oh, man, that reminds me. My license expires on February the 8th. I think it was, what, about the 15th by then? And he said, but the system's down. And so as it goes with me, I didn't check back till like the week and a half later. <clears throat> but, but I love living in a small town because I'd ask ahead of time. I actually had more than I needed. I had my birth certificate, my social security card, my passport, my passport card. I um, uh, had uh, my, my electric bill, you know, to, to show proof of residence. I had my driver's license, the one that had <clears throat> expired. They, they didn't gripe at me, so I guess there's a grace period in there. Because um, February the 8th just seems so far away whenever I looked at that last. And, and I get there. And she goes, oh, you need two forms of ID or two forms of proof of residency. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. So I turned to the lady here at the water department and said, can you print one out for me? Because they're right there. Here's the thing. In, the more we do life together, the more we're involved in our community, and the more we know our neighbors and our, our coworkers, the harder it is, I think, for people to say of us that we wholly followed the Lord. 
And yet, I think it is more important in our situation than, than in the other where you don't know people that well. Because of this. We, we talked about it in Sunday school, sharing the gospel with people. Telling them, hey, you have a need for a Savior, and God has provided a way for you to have a relationship with Him because of Jesus Christ. Our life will either confirm or deny what we just said. They base the truth of what we say, particularly as it, as it talks about Jesus, about God, relationship with Him through Jesus and the gospel, the good news. They base the validity on that by looking at our lives. And it's harder in our context, but listen, not that anyone here flawlessly follows the Lord. There's not one of us that that will do that. But that we're real, that we're genuine, and that we live our life in, in such a way, I want to live my life in such a way that when I tell them about the love of Jesus, they say, you know, I don't know if that's absolutely true or not, but what he says matches what, the way he lives. And, and so I begin to think about what, what can I do to make sure that that's true in my life, and, and how, can I help, how, how can I help us to, to, to begin to, to think about that in a very intentional way? How do we make sure that, that what people see of us and what people say of us is that we wholly follow the Lord so that when we tell them about their need in Christ, when we tell them that there is a God in heaven, who loves him so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for their sin. And, and that we, we need to explain that a little, that he took their place on the cross, took their sin and the punishment for their sin. That's how much God loves you. That when we tell them that, that our lives back that up. And I begin to think, if, if I'm going to live in a way that people say of me that I wholly followed the Lord, then there's something that that they really need to see. They need to see that God isn't a priority with me, but that God is the priority with me. Does that make sense? Because we all have priorities, don't we? You may even know what your priorities are. Larry Burkett, who has since gone on to be with the Lord, who founded Crown Financial, used to say, "I, I can tell you where your heart is. Show me your checkbook and your calendar. That, that, that'll give, that's the barometer for our heart. How we spend our time and how we spend our money tells about where our heart is. Jesus said it this way, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And so how we spend our time and how we spend our money really are a reflection of our priorities. Those are the two biggest that I can think of. And, and when we think about priorities, what, what this means is that he isn't just at the top of our list, we, we think of priorities as a list, don't we? That he isn't at the top of our list, that he is at the center of everything. You know, I left the whole part out of my notes here, so I'm going to cheat and go to my electric notes. Because so I look back and Paul has this puzzled look on his face like, I don't know which slide to go to now. Uh, the list, That's I'm looking at for the list. There we go. So, so we, we think of a lot of times priorities that we, we have a list of priorities. And, 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 of course, we want God to be at the top of our list of priorities. Family, church, work, relationships, sports, recreation, duty. I, I tried to think of everything that might encompass it, it all. I know. Somebody out there thought, 
he said duty. And, and I look at that list and I'm like, that's not a bad list. We might tweak a couple of things in that list. But, but, and I used to think of it that way and tell people, hey, your top three need to be God, family, church. Right? I put work on that one. God, family, church. But when we do that, I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. God doesn't need to be at the top of our list God needs to be at the center of everything. That's a, that's a way better way to look at it, isn't it? But, but Because we, we say, all right, I, I do my God thing up here, and then we do our other, and we know how time is, how life just gets in, in the way of living, right? Things come up, and, and it eats our time away here, and it eats our time away there. And before we, we realize it, our, our things, boy, you can't see those. I can't see those. Just look in your notes. Um, we think... I've. I've gotten things out of whack. How do I get it back in whack? I haven't spent any time with family this week, so I need to miss church so I can go spend time with family. Rather than, than have a list that we try to keep in priority, think about it this way, that, that God is in the center and everything else in our life revolves around him. Does that make sense? God is at the center of everything. What that means is that he's not a part of our lives. He is our life. It's not this component where we have our, our, our God. Guys, we tend to do this a whole lot more. Um, women are wonderful. That's the word I was thinking. <laughs> they, they can, I'm trying to find a, a way to, I can't even put it into words. Um, that's, yeah, that's why, that's why when God brought Eve to Adam, he said, wow, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. What could you have done with more than a rib right now? <laughs> Women can go just from thing to thing. You know, they just go around. And, and I, it was funny because we kind of mentioned this the other day, and there were a couple of guys there and a couple of ladies there. And, and, and the lady said two things back to back, and we had just talked about this, said two things back to back, and I watched the, I watched the, the guys. They were like, whoa, well, how, what do those have to do with one another? And I said, hey, hang on a minute, hang on. I grew up with three older sisters. I've lived in a house full of women. The two things they said aren't really connected. So quit trying to make the connection there. They already went to the other thing. Guys compartmentalize things. I said this one time, and, and um, Jim's never forgiven me for it, um, that, that guys, women, I, I'm going to try to help you out a little bit. Men, men have compartments. So we have rooms in, in our mind, and there's a hallway in there. And, and so women, when we're in this room over here and we're talking about this thing, we can't teleport to the room on the other end of the house like you can. And so you've teleported way over there and you're talking about that thing and we have no, we don't even, we can barely hear you. You've got to come back to where we are and take us out of this room and down the hall. You, you have to verbally do this and, and walk down to the other room that you were in just a moment ago. I've only been married 30 years. I don't have it down. But, but if we, we tend to compartmentalize, guys, we do this worse, I, I think, than, than our wives. But we put God in a box, and God's in the box over here, and, and we did the God thing over there. We went to church, or we went and served, or we went on a mission trip. and We, we did this. We're doers. Men tend to be in 
we, we did that thing, and, and that's the God part. And, and what happens when we do that is everything tends to crowd the God part out, and, and we don't make it back to that room very often. So rather than think of it that way, what if we just said, you know what, God is the center and then everything else revolves around him, whether it's your finances, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your work, whether it's your retirement, or whether it's you trying to figure out how not to do so much in your retirement, that, that he's the center. And so every question we have, everything that relates to our life goes first through God. I need to buy a new car that, that, that we, don't, we don't, you know, have our God room over here that we only go to on sundays that that god what what would you have me do i i i need to get a new car lord how how would you have me do that god my wife and i aren't connecting at all i don't even know what language she's speaking anymore how do we how do we fix this god i i've got more to do this week than i'm able to do god how would you have me Changes, what would you have me do here? You, you see how that makes a difference? I didn't just have my God time. I did this thing over here, and now i got to try to figure all the rest out on my own. That everything is centered around him. I, I think that's the big beginning of us really fully following or wholly following God is, is when we make him the center, and then all of our other decisions stem from there. He, here's what Jesus said, and I have the wrong verse by the way if you look at the verse in there it says something about he's going to cut off the branches and throw them in the fire that's the wrong one john john 14 15 i think is the correct one jesus said if you love me you will keep my commandments so so if we want to make him the center of everything what he's saying here is if you love me you'll keep my commandments and, and, and so really it's talking about obeying. You remember the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. I'm, I'm going to give you a list of these, these little things that hopefully you, you'll take to heart. Obeying, we all want to obey, don't we? Obeying is the result of abiding. You ever thought about that? obeying is the result of abiding if we want to follow all of his commandments if we want to do the things that jesus told us to do then really that is the result of abiding in him of hanging out with him of spending time with him and and this is one we need to do more just resting in him john 15 i'm going to read this is a few verses but stick with me john 15 1 through 12 says I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in a vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Boy, don't we try, though. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that your joy may be made full. Push the wrong button with my finger. (laughs) There we go. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you get what Jesus is saying here? If we want to wholly follow God, then really what it comes down to is we need to learn how to abide in Christ. Andrew Murray wrote a great book, Abiding in Christ. And, and, and I've heard people preach about it. I've, I've, I've heard lots of good messages. I've had studies. But, but you know, the, the, the very first step that I can see of us abiding in him is just spending time with him. If God is going to be the center of everything, then that means everything has to go through him that's why paul says things like pray without ceasing he doesn't mean you know that you you fold your hands and you close your eyes please don't do that if you're driving um what it means is that we walk in relationship with him and 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 that that we we have a a daily ongoing conversation just like we would if he were physically present there beside us we know as as believers the holy spirit indwells us so, so I, I want to encourage you to do something this week. Which is hard if you're busy like most. To just find some time where you just abide in Him. In His Word. Talking with Him. Hanging out with Him. And let me give you a really I'm going to give you two really practical things you can do. One is get into a community group. Get plugged in with a group of people that can help you do this. We're starting two new groups. I told you that uh, earlier. We have one that's ongoing that, that is open to add new people. It doesn't, I know this may not be the, the season of life for you, but, but make that a priority when it comes around again. The second one is this, and this one you can do. We have a great opportunity tonight in, in our Sunday night of worship. And, and boy, this is like a year in the making. We, we've been wanting to do this for a long time, to just come together and, and just worship and just hang out with our Savior. Um, I, I really was this close this morning to just saying, can you guys just keep playing? <laughs> can you just keep playing? The more we hang out with him, then, then the easier it is to do the things that he's called us to do. Just abide in him. He said, abide in me. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
We know that that's true. We've tried too many times. So today, as we head into a, a time of, of invitation and response, the invitation is this. Would you just say that to him this morning? That The invitation is just to say, Jesus, I just want, teach me how to abide in you. Help me to do that. And, and the response may be, pick a time this week. Lord, I'm, I'm gonna just going to do that. Now, I, I don't know, that looks different for everybody. Maybe you have worship music playing while you're, while you're hanging out with him. Maybe you're, you're reading his word. Maybe you're praying his word back to him. You can start with just coming and just worshiping tonight. Let's pray. God, it would be great to be able to have three things to do to be we could do these three things we're wholly following you and yet lord we know far too many times we get caught up in the doing and we forget to just be with you so god as jesus tells us to abide in him that's just the just the picture that i get is just being with him just hanging out with him and and lord it's so easy